Whenever Chinese planes approach, Taiwan gets a warning on a massive mountaintop radar system located in Xinzhou County. President Tsai visited the Lushan radar station on Tuesday to thank its personnel for protecting Taiwan's skies. You have all, within a short period of time, mastered the tracking of missile trajectory and the ability to respond to changes quickly. Early warnings for long-range missiles, in particular, are crucial to national defense. You have all worked hard. I must thank you all. Up here on this mountain, you serve as the eyes of air defense, silently safeguarding Taiwan's national security. The country's air defense will continue to be entrusted to you all. Tsai went on an inspection tour of the station's reconnaissance and early warning center. She was accompanied by two Americans who captured media attention. The Air Force Command said later that the two are technical specialists sent by U.S. defense manufacturer Raytheon. The company built the radar system that's currently used at Leshan, which can detect and track targets from over 3,000 kilometers away. Two more Taiwan nationals have appeared on Chinese state television confessing to endangering China's national security. On Tuesday, Beijing mouthpiece CCTV aired the third installment of special report on Taiwan spies. This episode showed the confessions of two Taiwan scholars, both held in detention since 2018. Both are also from the Pan Blue camp that are known to be in favor of closer cross-strait ties. Taiwan officials said the cases show that China's persecution spares no one regardless of political leaning. For the third night in a row, CCTV aired a segment featuring Taiwan spies. It was used by the Military Intelligence Bureau to endanger China's national security. That is something I didn't expect, and it is something I regret. Tsai Jinshu is chairman of the Southern Taiwan Union of Cross-Strait Relations Associations. In 2018, he disappeared on a visit to China to participate in the Cross-Strait Food Fair. This year, a Chinese court sentenced him to four years in prison for espionage. CCTV reports that Tsai was recruited by one Kuo Jiaying, a member of Taiwan's military intelligence bureau. She had asked him to provide information through exchanges in China. Her concerns focused on the future, on China's future Taiwan policy. She wanted me to make contact with high-level decision-makers of cross-strait policy, or to get information on personnel changes with regard to high-level decision-makers of cross-strait policy. The same episode featured the confession of another Taiwan national, a retired professor of National Taiwan Normal University. In the report, Shi Zhengping is accused of going to cross-strait seminars, gathering intelligence and activities and participants, and providing it to the National Security Bureau for a fee. My actions were wrong. I hope to share my experience with Taiwan, with those people who may currently be in violation of this law. May this be a cautionary guide. Fang Liao Township advisor Morrison Lee, Taiwan academic Zheng Yuqin, and now a retired professor and the leader of a group that promotes cross-strait relations. Over three days, CCTV's special report on Taiwan spies has implicated four people. Three of them are seen in Taiwan as being pro-China. Shi Zhenping even worked for a CCP national enterprise. He was an economic consultant for the Huaxia Group. He was also an editorial writer for China Times. It can be said that he was the classic red, blue and pro-unification type. 
Tai Jingshu is also from the Blue Camp, from the pro-reunification faction. To people who frequently travel the strait, when the CCP needs to use you as a tool, you will not be spared on account of your background. Zheng, who featured in Monday's segment, appeared in a 2015 report by Chinese state media based in the Czech Republic. According to that report, he personally received a top Chinese official visiting Charles University in the Czech Republic. Despite his close ties with Chinese authorities, he was unable to evade arrest. In arresting these people, China has actually shot itself in the foot. The past words and deeds of these people are more pro-China. Regardless of your background, China will still be able to treat you as a spy. We condemn Beijing authorities for attempting to intervene in Taiwan society and to intimidate the people of Taiwan through coarse actions. The Mainland Affairs Council must issue a stern warning to the other side of the strait, immediately cease this odious manipulation. At the same time, we are reminding the public that there are potential risks in participating in cross-strait exchanges. The Mainland Affairs Council slammed Beijing while a DPP lawmaker warned Taiwanese to steer clear of China if they can. Yilong scored a coup this morning, this week, with central and local government leaders agreeing it could have an MRT line. This line will start underground in Taipei's Nangang district before stretching toward Jilong City. But where it will end is still to be decided. One plan sees the Jilong line ending at Badu, which is near the border of New Taipei. Another sees it extending past Badu all the way to downtown Jilong. That would be a convenience for MRT riders, but it would require knocking out the railway line due to land constraints. Already, Jilong locals are rallying behind the historic train stations and their tracks, calling for them to be preserved. As the need for long-term pandemic fashion emerges, fabric manufacturers are turning their talents to the mask as never before. New premium masks designed by Taiwanese brands are hoping to perfect every aspect of the face covering. From how to stop yourself from putting it down and losing it, to neutralizing odors and deflecting splashes, they've got it all covered. Taiwan Baihe manufactures straps and breathable fabrics for footwear. Now they've launched a mask necklace that can be worn constantly. It hangs around the neck, reducing the need to put it down. In the post-pandemic world, we are thinking of the consumers of the future. Wearing a normal mask every day, it's easy to lose. What can you do? So we developed what we call a mask necklace. It uses Baihe's adjustable straps together with hooks. You can wear it like this, round your neck, as a decorative accessory. Taiwanese textile giant A-clad is also in on the mask wave. Most medical masks prevent air from getting in and out. This 3D air cushion mask is highly breathable. A puff through the mask makes the tissue flutter noticeably. It's made from multifunction protective cloth. A silver fiber and collagen layer is antiviral and odor neutralizing. It's good for sensitive skin and can be washed more than 20 times. But for the price, you could buy two boxes of a cheaper brand. For the silver fiber, we extracted ions directly from the silver and put it into the fiber. It's not made through later processing, so it won't stop working when it's washed. Meanwhile, Far Eastern New Century is the world's largest supplier of medical composite fibers. 
It's produced a cool mask with a highly absorbent inner layer and a splash-proof outer layer. Inside is a proprietary filter made of so-called superfibers that deflect microbes, while minimizing the obstruction to breathing and the use of non-woven fabric. This splash-proof design makes it hard for saliva containing viruses to stick to the surface of the mask. While breathing, we all release some stray saliva, so if our inner layer can be highly absorbent and good for the skin, then we can stop that saliva from escaping. The mask is a key product for fabric manufacturers post-COVID, and these innovative products are just the tip of the iceberg. First stage water rationing will start in some areas overnight on Wednesday amid a worsening drought. In this phase, nighttime water pressure will be lowered in Taoyuan, Xinzhou, Miaoli and some districts of Taichung. Also on Wednesday, the Economics Ministry announced a suspension of irrigation water in some northern areas that will take effect immediately. The reservoir has dried up, with grassy fields growing where water once was. This is Miaoli's Mingda Reservoir, which is mainly used for irrigation. Water levels are down to 21%, leaving just 19 days' worth of water. Over in Taichung Shigang Reservoir, supplies are even shorter, with just two days of water left. Meanwhile, Tainan Zhengwen Reservoir is at about 32% capacity. Over in the north, Feitui Reservoir has gotten a boost from the peripheral effects of a tropical storm. It's now 55% full, but for most of Taiwan, the situation is dire. This may be the year with the least rainfall on record. We have to make the best possible preparations for the worst possible scenario. The economics minister was speaking at a drought contingency meeting. Measures to curb water will kick into effect Wednesday night. In Taoyuan, Xinzhu, Miaoli and some districts in Taichung, the water level alert now flashes yellow after being raised from green. Water pressure in these areas will be reduced overnight starting Wednesday. Also starting Wednesday, irrigation will be suspended in some areas of Taoyuan, Xinzhu and Miaoli, affecting 19,000 hectares of farmland. Going forward, water conservation policies will be handled by the central government's Central Emergency Operations Center. There are 147 water wells for use during drought, and the Taiwan Water Corporation has incorporated them into our drought relief efforts. Besides that, we've surveyed 77 other wells that do not belong to the Taiwan Water Corporation. Some belong to Thai Sugar, irrigation associations, or local governments. Officials said that backup supplies are ready for action. Since June, the government has enacted conservation measures that have saved some 280 million tons of water. With the dry season just around the corner, the Water Resources Agency and National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology will attempt cloud seeding to induce rainfall this week. Artificial intelligence is a rising technology that's driving Taiwan's industrial transformation. The Industrial Technology Research Institute held an event on Wednesday to showcase eight commercial applications of its AI technologies. In partnership with ITRI, Taiwan companies have developed products like a smart baby camera and a machine troubleshooting system worthy of a sci-fi movie. In the 2002 sci-fi blockbuster Minority Report, Tom Cruise manipulates the interface with both hands. That futuristic technology is now being used in machine fault diagnosis to prevent sudden equipment abnormalities that lead to scrap product, materials waste, and higher costs. Before, maintenance engineers would have to read through thick maintenance manuals. With this, they can get commands they can understand in seconds. AI isn't just for manufacturing. This smart baby camera is billed as the IT product of tomorrow. It can tell when the baby's nose or mouth is blocked, and even when the baby is spitting up. 
收集一百多万张的 baby 的照片。More than one million baby photos were collected and analyzed, so the camera captures images of the children. If they are smiling, crying, or they spit up or got something stuck in their nose or mouth, the device will send a message to the parents. 准确的侦测到。It can accurately detect user action on the shelves. If there are any changes, it will notify the back end. Taiwan's industrial ecosystem is rich and diverse. Etree is working with companies across all sectors, helping them harness AI for smart manufacturing, smart medical care, and smart business. When we buy books and products, or when we watch movies, there is a smart system that looks at the things you've liked in the past to offer you recommendations. It saves a lot of time you would otherwise spend looking for things. A lot of industries are facing the need for a so-called digital transformation. What kinds of technologies are needed for a digital transformation? AI, 5G, or ICT can all help firms make the leap in this competitive environment. 2020 is shaping up to be a key year for digital transformation. Whether it's the U.S.-China trade war or the COVID pandemic, changes this year are driving a need for industries to go digital. Meanwhile, technologies like AI and 5G are emerging as the primary engines for change. Taiwan's first Tesla taxi has hit the road. A taxi driver in Xinzhou has kitted out his Model X as a yellow taxi. The SUV costs 4.5 million NT, but now you can take a ride for just a few hundred NT. Taking a taxi is a daily event, but this taxi has two falcon wing doors that open automatically. No ordinary sight. This cab claims to be the first Tesla taxi in Taiwan. It's an electric car, so I don't have to fill it up with gas, and I save on maintenance costs. I like to offer a higher standard of service and a better taxi experience. This Model X Tesla has fully automatic doors and seven seats. The car plus its remodeling cost 4.5 million NT. I think this might be the only Tesla remodeled yellow. A Chinese idiom says the rarer something is, the more it's worth. But a journey in this one-of-a-kind taxi is calculated like any other, with a 15-minute ride just 265 NT. Tesla fans say it's a steal. An Amis village in the far south of Hualien is offering cultural experiences that are fun for all the family. Jilamidai, nestled in Hualien's Fuli township, is now home to an ecology education center. It's also a good place for outdoor activities, including fishing and bamboo rafting. Holidaymakers in life jackets sit on a bamboo raft, paddles in hands, some rowing back to shore, others waving, wreathed in smiles. <laughs> it's fun for all ages, as the cool river water laps at bare feet under a hot sun. The Amis village of Jilamidai lies in the far south of Hualien. This year, Amis cultural experience events have been on offer throughout the domestic travel subsidy period. They include ecology tours, traditional prayer ceremonies, fishing, and bamboo rafting. Collecting the bamboo and creating the raft takes about two days. If the raft isn't damaged by a typhoon, it can last about three years. For the Amis people, it's a very, very traditional form of transport and a tool for fishing. Lots of people come to experience the bamboo rafting. All the objects used in the cultural events are made by members of the tribe, who collect the timber and bind the logs. They hope many Taiwanese families will come and enjoy time in nature while learning about Ami's cultural heritage. <laughs>